Struggling with CPAP? Now there's Inspire, the only FDA-approved obstructive sleep apnea treatment that works inside the body to treat the root cause of sleep apnea with just the click of a button. No mask, no hose, just sleep. Visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. This is episode 258, another live COVID-19 episode. I'm here with Alfonso, and I'm probably going to massacre your last name again. Chablay? That's perfect, man. I just went, and so we'll get that out of the way. My last name's Horan. So I get Horan, 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 and all that stuff. But (laughs) Alfonso, I'd like to thank you for uh, being on this episode with us. I want to give everyone an introduction. You're the uh, creator and founder of this group called industry in recovery there's 3900 members and it's a and and how would you characterize the group i i was going to characterize it as a a group that supports uh, supports the endeavor of uh, people in the industry that want to remain clean and sober Uh, yeah i mean i mean that, that 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 that's pretty spot on i mean it's a it's a group of of people uh in the industry whether they're bartenders chefs managers servers um that are you know sober um are sober or already in recovery and the first part is really important because we we do have a really really strong membership of people that are curious that are that are that are that are looking uh, at sobriety in a very curious way so so we're open to them as well so it's not just the people that are sober or the people that are in recovery uh it's about it's about being inclusive to the people that that are curious about sobriety as well okay well listen i'm gonna um you're you're in your mid to late 30s uh i'm guessing you sound like a young i'm man. actually i'm actually 42 you sound <laughs> very young see there's a the gift of a clean life i guess right there yeah uh, so <laughs> Uh, give us a little history of yourself in the industry, and if you like, I'm going to ask you what got you to the point of uh, becoming sober. Okay, so um, so like a lot of people in this industry, I started at a pretty young age. I started off a restaurant. Um, I was a server for, for a few years. Um, I was really good at my job, so by the time I was 20, um, I was uh, uh, getting primed to, to get behind the bar and and, uh, you know, uh, like any restaurant job, you know, the bartender is kind of the rock star of the shift, you know, uh, he's popular, he's, uh, he's uh, well-liked, well-known, and, and, and your managers and, and typically your, your, your upper-level uh, employees know that you do a good job. And um, after a while, two years of bartending in restaurants, I, I uh, started, uh, um, you know, venturing out into uh, some of the local bars because I just had a really good following and a really good personality. And, and I prided myself on that. And, you know, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of known as a, as a, as the young guy who could, who could uh, hold his own after work, you know, um, some of the servers would, would sneak me into, into the local bars and, and uh, you know, it was party time, you know, I was, I was uh, mingling with the with the cute waitresses and and uh, and you know yeah we were we were hooking up with 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 members from or you know staff members from other restaurants and other bars and it was just a lot of fun and and it was like that through 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 my early twenties but every once in a while I'd have a I'd have a a, a kind of a, a sprinkled moment of a, of a regret or a blackout and and uh, I just do something dumb uh, you know. Uh, uh, record car or I got arrested and and by the time my late 20s rolled around uh, um, I was blacking out a little bit more I was I was uh, having having problems you know uh, moving up anywhere I worked you know I could I could get get 
a really good reputation somewhere and then I'd do something really stupid. Uh, sometimes I'd wake up with bruises that I didn't remember getting. Um, I lost another car. I got arrested again. And all the while I'm having fun and, 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 and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, this is, this is, this is what bartenders do. This is, this is how bartenders live. I wasn't doing anything that I didn't think was normal. I thought this was the lifestyle. I'm just doing what other people are doing. And by my, by my early thirties, you know, the, the blackouts got worse. The regret got worse. The, 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 the embarrassing details of the night before got worse. Cuts and bruises got worse. Um, you know, I, I woke up with some, some, some really, really scary injuries sometimes. And, and, uh, uh eventually the, uh, just to, just to, the the joy and and the fun just turned into just a lot more regret and a lot more humiliation and a lot more uh, uh, anxiety and uh, and by the time I was uh, I was 35 um, I got arrested for what would be one of the one of the the the, the worst cases of uh, possession and and DUI and at that point um, I hit a very real bottom I hit a very real bottom. Um, I was drinking to the point where I didn't want to drink, but I did it anyway. I was using pills to sleep because I couldn't sleep without them. Um, I had to I had to manage my life to include alcohol and drugs, um, and I was lying, and I was living. You know, I was practically homeless, and I got to a point where I actually didn't have a home. and And when I, that 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 guilty conviction came down, I just had a moment where. I just realized just what was so clear to everybody else finally became clear to me. Alcohol and, and drugs were the cause of, uh, of all my problems. And from that moment on, I was willing to, uh, to do whatever it took to change my life. And that was just uh, the beginning. And, you know, ever since that day, I've just kind of committed myself to, 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 to my recovery. I've moved up in my job. I've uh, managed to secure a, a relationship that I'm proud of. And along the way, I've hopefully become a better man than I was before. Wow. So you were given, would you characterize it as a gift of desperation or, um, you know, where you, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you use that word desperation because, uh, I, I feel that that's, that's what it took. I don't, I think that, that every, every, Regret-filled morning. Every every time I, I went through a tragedy, I wanted to to change my circumstances. I wanted I, I wanted God or, or whatever or the universe to just fix whatever was wrong. But I was never I was never comfortable admitting that I needed help. That I needed to do it. That that there was anything that needed to be done other than the world around me changed for me to bend to what I needed. And, and when I lost all hopes that that would happen, when, when I finally hit my bottom, about the bottom that, 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 that snapped it out for me, um, I was ready to say, you know what? I'm in a desperate place. I'm in a desperate position. Um, I need help. I don't know what to do. I'll listen to what anyone says, point me in the right direction. I'll do whatever it takes. I don't want to live like this anymore. And it was desperation that got me there. Wow. You, you know what? It, it, as I heard a lot of times in, in the meetings was that uh, we've had uh, taken different paths to get here, but we're all on the same journey uh, now. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, I was telling you prior to uh, this, I was sober for seven years and then I stopped going, uh, stopped practicing sobriety, doing the things that kept me sober. And I went out for five years. And in December, uh, I became, uh, I made my way back to the room after I found myself getting into really deep into my old habits. And within a week or two, I found this group, uh, a fellow bartender who was newly sober, and she's also a member of this uh, industry and recovery down here in Key Largo, wonderful girl. And uh, she uh, told me about this group, and I, I found it, and I found people the, the group, we were, we're going to talk a little later about AA, uh, but 
the industry and coverage, people in the industry who, who would dog by some of the same things we have at work because of what we're working here. But there's so many features that you have and you, you offer mentorship, uh, stories of, uh, you know, how, how people deal with it, how they deal with sobriety, how they deal with uh, the questions of what you do after work, what you do with your friends when they ask you out, uh, sex and relationships, almost anything. And then you also uh, lend a helping hand to people. Now, what, you, you were sober for a while. What, what made you, what inspired you to uh, begin this group? Honestly, I think it's how lonely I was. It's how it's how completely just, you know, they tell you in AA, in most forms of recovery, from what I understand, that 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 you are going through what everyone else around you and whatever group you're in is going through. You're going through the same things, and here I am, a bartender. And, and, and I'd, I'd known big business clubs and, 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 and high volume bars and, and, and I had never met another sober bartender. The idea of being a sober bartender scared me. It, 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 it made me question everything. I mean, how was I, how was I going to, how was I going to, to get a job if, if I couldn't, if I couldn't be the pot with you know how was it how was I going to hang out with with my friends who were already bartenders who already drank but you know for for the most part didn't share the same kind of a, a addiction or, or or dependency on the alcohol and the pills like I did I mean how was I going to get date how was I going to get laid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all these all these things that crossed my mind and and I felt like I was going through it alone even though you know I'm in those rooms and, and early Previous times I've been in in, uh, in treatment, I, I, I felt I felt disconnected, even though I was supposed to be connected by the fact that I was an addict and an alcoholic, and there was just this this cultural um, just uh, separation from 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 what I was going through in, in my real life, and 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 that tapered off. You know, you know, uh, the more and more I worked my program, the more and more I kept going to meetings. My friends changed with with my parents changed. Me becoming comfortable in my own skin changed. Um, how I was how I was okay with being um, alone without having to feel lonely. How I could be by myself without feeling isolated. How I could make those things be separate from each other. As time went on, I, I realized that 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 boredom that I felt when I was by myself was just a fee. wasn't There wasn't all this turmoil around me, and I wasn't and I wasn't you know uh, in a, in a huge whirlpool of, of drama that I was causing by, for myself. And that was okay. It was okay to not have something to do. It was okay to just be able to sit down and and have a meal by myself. But it took me years to to figure that out. And so once I sort of started developing my identity again. Once I got comfortable in my own life, I was I was bartending. People started asking me questions about how long I'd been sober. Some people told me about how they had struggled with with alcoholism. Some people reached out to me about their drug problems. And and as social media kind of progressed, you know, I I. I I have I, I haven't mentioned this to you, but I have a, a very large group here in Texas called the Liquid Ninjas, and it's a a bartending network for Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and Dallas. And in the Houston group, which is the one that I created, we started uh, um, I started connecting with other bartenders, and the idea just occurred to me: if I could do this for for bartenders that are just looking for jobs, why can't I do it for bartenders that are looking for for sobriety? A recovery. So I created a splinter group and that splinter group has sort of become my focus more than anything else. And it is, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's part of my recovery now because I want to create a place where industry people and bartenders in particular, I won't, I won't shy away from that. Mm -hmm. um, Can, can 
feel like they're not alone because that loneliness, that fear of being alone in and of itself is a deterrent sometimes to asking for help. I've known people that have, that have reached out to me and now have their own recovery that I may not have been a part of, but that I at least pointed them in the right direction. And, and that's enough for me. That's more than enough for me. And that's what I wanted from industry and recovery. That's why I created it because of the loneliness and the, and, and the isolation that I felt. I don't want other people to go through it because they don't need to, because mm-hmm. they, 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 there are more of us out there. You're out there, you know, you, just by having me on, you're, 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 you're letting other people know that, that it's possible. And, and, and that's the kind of influence that, and that's the kind of impression I want to make. What, you know what? I a hundred percent agree. I'm going to probably, it's a fast forward because uh, since we're there, we might as well discuss it. One of our tenants of the program is in the 12 step program is step 12. And that is uh, seeking out other alcoholics and, and offering a helping hand. And I believe your group uh, does that implicitly. Um, and when I, uh, you know, part of the things I realized that, uh, and, and we're going to get, we're going to talk about AA a little more too after this. Uh, I knew AA was going to welcome me back, but I didn't know, th- this gave me a fresh start to see how to work my sobriety as a, as a bartender in this industry and um, being able to, uh, if not, I'm not looking to spread sobriety. I'm looking to support uh, sobriety. And uh, there's a subtle difference I try to explain to people. You know how you know how it is when you when people find yeah. out that uh, Alfonso, when you when they find out you're sober, sometimes people feel the need to explain themselves. Yeah, and I mean there's 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 this there's this there's this fine line like you mentioned where I will never try to. Uh, promote my sobriety onto someone else or, 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 or make someone uncomfortable or, 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 you know, how can I put this? Uh, um, talk about it, you know, unless it's, unless it's someone that wants to know the information or someone that, 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 that is interested in or curious uh, about why I made the decisions I've made or why um, I'm still in the industry. I mean, it goes both ways. But, but I think I think that that a sober bartender is a conversation piece. I think that's, I yeah. think I think we we automatically draw attention to ourselves the minute that that's known, <clears throat> and I think that that's that's part of the um, that's part of the responsibility that I have um, in this industry is to is to address it, but not but not use it as a as a, a, I don't lead with it. Mm-hmm. I don't lead with it, and and that makes a big difference um, because because I, I I've been asked before, you know, how can you do this? Be a bartender and serve other alcoholics, and and, and you know that you're 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 putting that poison uh, out in front of people, and 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 I I, I don't I'm, I'm justifying. I don't think I'm rationalizing. I think I'm I'm, I'm very honest, and and I think that that first of all. I feel that alcohol isn't inherently bad. It's just bad for me. Incidentally, it happens to be bad for some of the people that I hang out with that are alcoholics, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that are in recovery. But the vast majority of the people in this world, my girlfriend, she can have a glass of wine. She can have a couple of beers. Heck, she can even get wasted if she wants. Her life doesn't fall apart because of it. Mine does, you know? Um, I'm the one that's going to be fiending for painkillers or, 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 you know, drinking till five o'clock in the morning, watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, alcohol isn't the problem. It's what's wrong with me. That's the problem. And, and so I can serve and, and be a bartender because there's no, there's no evil or good to alcohol. It's just, it's a libation. It's a drink. It is what it is. man. um, uh, that's my job. That's how I make money. That's how I pay the rent. That's, 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 and, and more important, that's what I'm good at, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I liken it to a pastry chef or, you know, someone that makes desserts having a nut allergy. You know, it doesn't preclude them from making a walnut 
uh, cake or, or pastry or anything like that that they're allergic to, you uh, yeah you don't eschew that for everyone else just because it's poison to you. Uh, yeah. So. And, and in much the same way, if if another person is allergic to alcohol on the other side of that counter, and they know they're allergic to you're responsible to let them know that, hey, this has walnuts. You're allergic to walnuts. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> you know, be careful, dude. Um, but you're not responsible for them buying it, yeah. taking it home, and then eating it in secret, going in an anaphylactic shock, and then, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and we can argue the intricacies of third-party liability and all this stuff. But mm-hmm. my example is, is geared specifically to the fact that I'm responsible for my recovery. I'm responsible to help people that ask for help. I'm not responsible to uh, uh, be a guardian or a watchdog for uh, everyone who comes up to the bar and wants to take a shot. That's not me. Okay. Oh, I want to ask you a particular, in particular as a bartender question. Are there rules in Texas? Uh, there's a rule in, in Florida, and I'll tell my brief story, that if a family member or, or comes to the bar and says, there is a person as uh, habitual alcoholic has a problem uh, that they ask you not to serve them. And if they give you a letter and they tell you who it is, that that is your right not to serve somebody. And you're not supposed to serve someone. You ever hear that? Do you have that rule in Texas? Have you heard about it? I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know that that's a fact. I think I remember reading somewhere through the code that you're not supposed to serve anyone who is a known alcoholic. Well, no, this is in Florida. I, I think that, it's a state. I think it's state. Yeah. It's a Florida state. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. This is in Texas. In Texas, I think that you're not supposed to serve someone who's not an mm-hmm. alcoholic. But Texas has a pretty, pretty clearly defined um, rule that if that you don't have to serve anyone you don't want to. Oh, that's you now yeah, that's... employees. Now employers might might be like, okay, well, you got to serve this person or not, or you know, there's there's some gray area there, and there's you know, well, you in, to, in that case, I hold if you're responsible that. for not over serving someone, then you're the ultimate authority for that's an easy one. For exactly. me. I I actually got my yeah, first it's... letter last year from somebody. Uh, uh, the son came in and told me his father. He was told he couldn't do it for his health, and he could die if he drinks and all that stuff and he came in and I knew the guy for years and and we came in I had to tell him I said listen I have a letter here saying we're not to serve you and uh, and listen they care about you very much if they didn't care about you they wouldn't have came in they wouldn't have come to all the restaurants and bars nearby to tell us and he flipped me yeah, off yeah it's pretty powerful of, stuff right yeah, there yeah he flipped me off and then uh, this is just for instance this isn't a law question have you ever experienced where someone comes up the bar Let's say they're sitting at a table and they run up and they say, hey, please um, give me a double shot of this. And they and they and pay cash and they just leave money up there and they run back. And I just got a feeling when when they do that, whenever they do that, there was someone that doesn't want them to drink. You know? Oh, yeah, man. There there are some there's some definite red flags that I've seen come through. Um, ever since that the, I, I got into into recovery, that I see now, um, but they don't just exist um, in the guests. I mean, they're they're the people I work with sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, just uh, just the always coming to work hungover, um, the talking about how they stayed up late till like five six in the morning watching TV and drinking. You know, um, the the conversation. You know, um, mm-hmm. insomnia is a real thing. I, I get it. But alcoholics and addicts seem to confuse the dependency that we have on having to get wasted and hammered and high to go to sleep with insomnia. That's that's dependence. That's not that's not it, it's a, it's symptomatic of your dependence. Um, that insomnia is, is more of a of a cause and effect than than a standalone um, problem. Um, but, you know, um Anytime a guest comes in and and does the whole secret every five minutes mm-hmm. taking a shot when when no one's looking or, or or asking for doubles or or telling me not to not not to not to make it look like it's a drink, mm-hmm. uh, don't put the you know yeah those those are those are kind of red flags because I mean it's like it's like they're stealing my secrets here <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like it's like they're they're taking a page out of my old playbook 
you know, I had a habit where um, I would go out with my friends mm-hmm. and we'd go to like sports bars or, or whatever. And these are, these are my non-industry friends, the people I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And every time I, uh, and they didn't drink as hardcore as I did. So whenever I would uh, get up to go to the restroom, I'd swing by the bar, ask for a shot of Rumplemints, either on my way to the restroom or on my way back from the restroom, but never in front of my friends. So they never really know how desperate I was to get more booze in my system than them. Oh, man. Uh, you know, with that, uh, the anxiety, people drinking to relieve anxiety. You know, that, you that know, thing, that uh, I believe yeah. it's, uh, for me at least, I, I had this, uh, I think there was a, a generalized anxiety did not exist as much. It developed more. I, there was always a, there's always slight feelings of anxiety if you're a human. But for me, it got worse and worse the more I drank. And then I thought I was treating it with the drink. And yeah, it's just you, the, you the know, more problem drinker I was, the more the generalized anxiety and, and general agoraphobia would begin. That was for me. Yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I completely get it, man. Uh, um, I, I think that there's, there's, there's this, this confusion kind of like similar to that insomnia thing that I talked about where, where we talk about anxiety. That, that's a, that's a, that's a big buzzword for alcoholics and addicts mm-hmm. is, is how we need it to deal with our anxiety. Um, and, and, and how we're, you know, it helps with our anxiety. And, and the reality is for me, what I've realized, what I've realized over the last couple of years um, is that part of that anxiety, that anxiety didn't exist before I became a full-blown alcoholic. Um, that anxiety was sort of this, this other side of the coin to my drinking, and, and they, they, they existed together, not at the same time, so, so I didn't consider them connected, but they were. So it's like I drank because I had anxiety. I drank because I was angry. I drank because I was happy. I drank because it was a beautiful day. I drank because it was raining. I drank because, you know, my friends were angry. I drank because, you know, uh, I had a shitty day at work. I drank because I had a good day at work. I had to get drink because it's just another day at work. There was always a reason it was bad. When it was bad, I would say that I was doing it to, to, to fix what was bad. And I made this weird connection that that was sort of a necessity to maintain things that it was like, it was like, oh yeah, I, I drink for my anxiety. I drink to, to relieve stress. I drink to, 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 uh, to deal with whatever tragedy or, 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 or hardship was going on in my life. But the majority of the times, if I look back on it, any of those all of those situations were caused in some way, shape, or form by my drinking or drug use to begin with. Broken relationships, uh, not having cars, behind on my on my rent or payments, uh, problems at work, arrests, um, illness, going to the hospital, injuries, um, relationship issues with my parents or, or my loved ones, trust issues. All of that stuff was caused by drinking and using and then i dealt with it by drinking and using <laughs> so it was it was this this horrible catch-22 you know i i finally wised up in my sobriety and i realized that that you know i wasn't drinking to stop my depression i was my depression was what kept me drinking but i created my own depression so here we are again you know, um, my girlfriend can come home and have two glasses of wine because she's had a rough day. I will walk by that bottle of wine and then look at her and just be like, how can you, how are you leaving this bottle on the table and not drinking the whole thing, driving to the gas station and buying a case of beer to wash it down with? Mm-hmm. Cause that's how I think, you know, um, She'll have she'll have maybe a shot of tequila when we go out on a night. Maybe she'll have three. I don't know. Sometimes she'll she will. Mm-hmm. She'll have a couple beers, and then I'll and then if I say, "Hey, I'm getting tired," she'll be like, "Okay, baby, let's go home," and we'll go home. And for the 
for as long as I've known her, that's always been how she is. If it were me, I would be like, no, 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 no. Let's let's hang out. Let's go to this place. Let's go to someplace quieter then. Oh, you know, you're, you're getting tired. Let's go to let's go to this bar. And then once we got home, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to stay up and watch a movie. You can go to bed. And then I'd drink till like four or five in the morning. I mean, that's me. That's that. That's how I deal with anxiety and stress. She deals with anxiety with stress like a normal human being. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- that that leads to the next uh, the next question about uh, several times I've seen people post questions or made inquiries. He says, "I'm just trying to moderate my drinking," and uh, I found, and this would actually. I don't have any resentments to people that want to moderate their drinking. I just don't think if you have a problem, you either have a problem or you don't have a problem. Uh, so if you need to moderate your drinking, it means exactly. you're too much. So I, I, I like Man, how it's that, like that. Sh- shut down. There's no middle ground here. So it's like, listen, you either need to you know, be sober or you're all right out there. You're one of the normals. So I heard a long time ago that no one walks into recovery or gets curious about recovery or sobriety because the shit's going fantastic in their life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyone that's in our group, in our, in our little, little community of, of industry people that are looking to get sober, are sober or, or in recovery, no one, no one in there is walking into this group or signing up for this group under the illusion that it's, to people that are so freaking good at drinking and partying and, you know, keeping their shit together that they decided to, to out of the blue get sober. That, that, that's not, that's not what could happen. It doesn't happen. It's, 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 it's a non-existent scenario. Now, these are people that for one reason or another have hit some sort of obstacle, some sort of hardship, some sort of, 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 of question mark moment in their lives. And they're like, what's going on? I need to know if it's possible. I need to know what it looks like. I need to know if I'm one of them. Okay. And if someone comes into the group and has questions about moderation, um, I personally feel for the focus of our group, which is to promote the image, the, the resources and the support for sobriety, recovery, or, 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 or abstinence from, from substance abuse, that in order to do that, we have to be, we have to have a singular focus. Look, if you're going to be in this group, it's because you want to know about sobriety or you want to get sober or you are sober or you want to get into recovery. Okay, that's the, that's the goal of the group. I, too, don't hold a, 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 any resentment or, or, or a, a negative eye towards people who want to moderate. But that's not what I went through. And it's not what the majority of the people went through that are in the group. And if that's the experience, if that's if that's the, the, the human experience that you're looking for, I think that there are moderation groups and, and cut down groups and, and, and wean slowly groups um, out there on, in, in the social media world. Or, you know, I think they're out there. I don't know them. I haven't sought them out. I haven't been a part of them because that's not something I can relate to. I can relate to people who are struggling with, 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 with identifying where they fit in their own. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy can quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit GEICO.com local today because of alcoholism and substance abuse I can relate to that and I can provide my experience and other people that are like me can do the same but when it comes to to well I just need to control my drinking mm-hmm. look man if that's if that's all you need God bless you bro I wish I could control my drinking I wish that was an option for me but it's Fucked up my life. Pardon me. Yeah. Whenever I tried to do no, that. No, you're all right. We're, we're and, explicit. You can say almost anything you want here, or you can. Okay. And 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 when and when I tried to do it, I wasn't any good at it. 
Now, if you want, if you want advice or support from people that have that have gone through the dredges, the real freaking bottoms of of their own lives, and scraped and scraped the 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 the, the real the real you know nitty gritty, you get that here, and you'll get three thousand nine hundred people that'll back you up on it. But if you want help on how to control it, if I knew how to do that, man, I wouldn't be seven years sober. <laughs> yep. If that makes any sense, you yep. know. So, so I, I, I don't mean to take a hard line on moderation, but I just don't feel like that's the focus of the group. If I lose focus, if I start making it about something else, if I start just opening it up to every type of of quick fix for problem drinking, then I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the people. Who 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 truly find an identity in 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 their in their uh, uh, quest to get sober, find recovery, or stay sober? Okay, um, you know what? Uh, I I think diluting something it would be like uh, I don't know. There's always groups for that that dilute it. Uh, there's there's um, there's religious groups that go hardcore and some we're hardcore, so hardcore sobriety. And they're, mo they're the most effective groups. They, and, they and one of the, the ones that one aren't thing, halfway in. Some are, they call us extremists or anything like that, but they're, they're the most effective. Halfway never really, uh, you have to be all in and, for this one. But do, do and, you, and, you mentioned other recovery programs. Have, have In your hello? experience, have you seen, and I haven't, I haven't seen and an effective program other than uh, another alcoholic helping another alcoholic through AA, let's say. I mean, there's people that go to church and they, you know what, sometimes that'll work, you know, and stuff like that, the, the church thing. And, but I mean, for the, the real stone cold alcoholic, I haven't, I haven't seen another program work. And I know a lot of people. You know, on one hand, I agree with that. Like I would say that that you are correct if I'm looking it through the through the through the eyes of Alfonso as a member of AA and Alfonso as a bartender in AA. And then then there's a part of me that's 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 grown, you know, a lot of you know, a, a lot because of this group and I think that it's helped me realize that for some maybe 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 AA isn't the only avenue because I've always said that you know AA doesn't hold a monopoly mm -hmm. maybe there are better ways for the individual than just this program, and maybe it involves recover or excuse me, relapse a few times. Maybe it revolves around um, around um, programs that that you know teach a behavioral approach. Where I think smart recovery is one of those. And and there's a there's even a passage in our big book that says you know um, even religious people of good moral character you know are are, are they're, they're doing something right, and I, I firmly believe that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think I think that there's just so many different ways to find that recovery. Mm -hmm. If abstinence from the alcohol is drugs is the end result, and that's what our end game is, and that's what the goal is, then I think that 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 as long as we're committed to that, I think that there's a lot of different avenues to to, to find it, and that's not something that I would have said maybe like three or four years ago. Um, but I think that because I have known bartenders that that bartenders and, 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 and chefs and, and, and waiters that, you know, through their own through their own, you know, epiphanies, because I think it requires a spiritual change of of, 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 of real significance to, 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 to get you there. I think I think it's possible. I think that as long as you're connected, I think that as long as you're you're open I think as long as you're honest, I think mm -hmm. honesty is a real big, big one um, with yourself and the people around you. I think that, that a lot of the, the, 
the foundations of AA can be lived out in different ways. Do I recommend it? No, no, because because I, I don't feel like like you can you can lay out a roadmap for it. You can't lay out a roadmap for another person who's found their way and expected to be identical. AA is the most broad and 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 suggestive program because it knows what works. I don't know what works the other way around. Mm-hmm. Can it happen? Yeah, of course it can happen. I know it can happen. Would I try it myself? No, because I'm not willing to risk my sobriety. And I'm not willing to risk the sobriety of someone who comes in and asks me, hey, what should I do? I, I'm not going to gamble on them. Well, I'll tell you what worked for me. I'll tell you how, 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 how I found my sobriety. I'll tell you how I changed my life around. I'll tell you what's worked for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I wouldn't but I wouldn't send someone um, on a on a quest to find a golden city in, in hopes that they'll find their own path on their own and 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 sort of turn my turn my back and then be like, well, I told them it's out there. It's up to them to find it. Yeah. I don't feel like that's I don't feel like that's that's what my heart is telling me to do. OK, well, th- this is this is the uh, particular question that do you think it's particularly difficult for someone in the industry there's multiple it's a it's a multi-part question first of all because our our industry skews younger uh the the age group and due to their access working in establishments with liquor and around access to drugs uh it's similar to the music industry i'd have to say is it is it really is that your phone? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it may have been my phone. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's all right. I didn't know, want to interrupt. But do you think? How would you tell someone, let's say, a 23 year old guy or girl, uh, their their social life is built around alcohol. Their their yeah. relationships, uh, everything they do, concerts, their their off time how do you how do you break through to them you know that, that well, sobriety is the answer I when, think when everything else they do is you know is alcohol well you know i uh i i i struggle with with sometimes seeing people i care about displaying the the flags of of addiction and alcoholism that I did mm-hmm. and and I just got to remember that that I've got to be the best example of of both the worst that you can do and the redemption that you can achieve mm-hmm. I've got to be the best example of that okay and and there you're right, man. You know, there's always a young crop of, of, of bartenders that are that are partying and that are doing blow bathrooms and that are you know uh, sleeping around and 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 living that rock star lifestyle. And man, I lived it till I was till 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 my last till my last drink. You know, I was I was I was trying to 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 to, to get in, in in every girl's pants and I was trying to you know drink at every after hours party and. You know, if someone had had pills or blow, I, I joined in and and and, and I, the fun guy from from like you know the beginning of the shift till two a.m. and then from two a.m. to like six in the morning, I led a double life where where the the other side of of the the the, the, the Jekyll and Hyde kicked in, and and you can't tell people about it in in a conversation. And and expect them to to be moved to change. Um, uh, weird situation, you know. You you kind of have to let people live out their their journey, you know. Um, I'm not here to pass judgment on my guests or my coworkers or the people I care about or my friends or or or, or, or anyone really. Um, if I see them displaying those things, man, I've just got to, I've got to ramp up the, the, the good example portion of, of, of my commitment to sobriety. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to put myself available to them if they want to talk. 
I've got to tell them, hey, I remember this one time, you know, and, and then let them know a story of, of something that happened to me. And all the while, I've just got to let them know, yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, it, it didn't it, it didn't end well for me. And leave mm-hmm. it at that. You know, you, I think, I think that I had to have run across bartenders that were sober or bartenders that didn't party as much as me. Mm-hmm. I know that there were bartenders that were concerned about the way I was living my life and that there were bartenders that were actually fearful for my health and well-being. And nobody ever said anything because they knew I wouldn't listen. That's not an excuse, but there's a reason for that. You're not going to get through to someone who's not ready to stop or who's not ready to quit. And the party is going on until the party is not going on, if that makes any sense. Yes. Um, and, and And I know that from personal experience, if anyone had approached me, and my parents did a lot of times, after every arrest, after every hospital visit, after every time they had to find me in, in some metaphorical gutter, um, they told me, you need to stop, you need to get help, you need to do this. But I couldn't listen. I actually went to AA in my early 20s after as a conditions of probation for one of my arrests. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a damn thing. I remember going to my first meeting. I know I had to go to 10. I don't remember the other nine. I totally tuned them out. That's how committed I was to ignoring any message of hope, recovery, or change. Nine hours of my life that I can't re- remember because, and, and if we're sober, I know they're sober, I know that much, but that I tuned it out. So, I mean, I see that in, in, in other people. I see that in, 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 you know, young bartenders, people that I care about. You know, people that I work with. Um, all I can, all I can do is, is trust that that you know, because I believe in God and and I believe in, in you know my higher power. I just got to trust that that if they're ever in a position to ask for help, that I've got to be the lighthouse. I've got to be there. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to be the be the exception to the rule. You know, this lifestyle doesn't have to break you. You don't have to. You don't have to uh, uh, wake up every morning in regret and anxiety over, you know, what you did the night before. There is a there's a way to change, and and I think I've done an okay job of it. I don't think I've done the best job, but I think I've done an okay job of it. And there's nothing that 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 connects me more to to my recovery than than uh, having someone say, "Hey, you were there when I got sober." Wow. Yep. Listen, uh, this brings us on to this uh, current situation we're in right now. Uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, uh, the industry shut down a lot of our, a lot of our members, not just our members, uh, you know, so uh, uh, industry and recovery, but uh, sober people everywhere. They're stuck home. And uh, there's a lot of speculation that there's going to be, I mean, there's a lot of heavy drinking. There's a lot of people uh, that could be going out. There could be a lot of need for sobriety coming back. People have um, that so I think you're well placed for that, but I wanted to talk about get right to online meetings. Have you been doing? Have you been going to online meetings? I haven't. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't. And uh, and you know it's it's something that if I'm completely honest with everyone that, that, that uh-huh. that's listening, and if I'm honest to myself, um, it's something that I that I need to be looking into. Um, I've I've been staying active. You know, trying to talk to other alcoholics. I haven't called my sponsor. I need to call him back. So, so if I can get this message well, to my I mean, sponsor, you're, you're, you're the creator. Um, you're the creator of a a group that is sober industry in recovery. So I think you're in contact with a lot of alcoholics. I don't think it's danger here. I think maybe for yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah. And I've been going to um, Zoom. I've been going to Zoom meetings. The great thing about it, there is no time uh, that you know. Normally, there's morning meetings. You got seven, eight o'clock in the morning, then you have lunchtime meetings, and then you have evening meetings. But because of mm-hmm. online, I can go, uh, you can go, there's in, in Great Britain, six hours ahead. Australia is uh, 13 hours for you, 12 hours for me. On the West Coast is two hours for you uh, behind and uh, uh, three hours for me. And you can find, almost find any time, find a meeting. 
Um, Man, how amazing is that? Yeah. But how when awesome I first started today, I'm going to tell you the opinion. This is where people, the, the deep disrespect, you know, sometimes, I'm not going to ask you a question because I think everyone in, their, in who's sober probably realizes, you know, one drink, they probably heard one drink isn't going to hurt. But initially, <laughs> a week ago, oh, not a week ago, week, uh, two weeks ago when I start, first started going to the meetings, there were Zoom bombings going on, they call them. People just showing up. And interrupting the meetings with, uh, uh, they were posting pornographic movies, all these certain, and it was, it was, in, in retrospect, for, you know, it's kind of funny. But thinking about the newly sober people coming in there, that they were like holding on by their, their fingernails, it kind of disturbed me. You know, I was going to head out and drink. Mm-hmm. But what about the newly yeah. sober person, and they need a meeting, and they got to shut down a meeting because someone's showing porn, uh, regular straight porn, gay porn, whatever it is, and or in a discussion here. I'm going to apologize to him. I'm going to send him a text. Uh, but that was perfect. Hello. Yes, we did get. Yes, we did get disconnected. My. I am so sorry, Mark. Um, if you're listening, I'm going to sign off. I think we got everything. I'm going to say I'm going to say we can say our goodbyes. I'm going to call you. Um, let's try it one more time, and then we can say goodbye. I think we were at the end anyway. That's Dropbox. Forget about Dropbox. Okay. Oh, we may have it. Alfonso, what at what point oh. did you get did you get disconnected? We're yeah, real yeah, live. We did, we did. At what point? Um, right when I was going to start talking about uh, about COVID nineteen and sort of sort of uh, what what kind of effect it was having on on everyone and you know uh, Zoom meetings. I was I was talking about Zoom meetings and and uh, how I think that that they're 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 an amazing resource, you know. Um, and and I think and I think that 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 we just we're we're living in a very very strange moment in history and a very strange moment in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think that having this resource is probably one of the most beneficial things to to, to an alcoholic and, and and an addict and someone who 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 needs that connection. Um, but I also think that 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 you know, not just the trolls that are out there. Uh, um, you know, a uh, bombing, like, like you had mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 I think, I think there's something, there's something really important about being in a room with other people that have gone through what you've gone through, sitting down and listening to the similarities, not the differences uh, of their stories. And I think that there's a, there's a real, real um, human component that, that is is missing from those meetings that I just don't think can be replaced. Um, you know, I think that that from for me, I think that that the the industry and recovery group feels a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I know, but I know myself, and I know and I know my recovery. And I still need to call my sponsor, like I mentioned. You know, um, that's still it's still something I need to do. I still need to to go to meetings um, because I can't I can't let that be enough. I still got to answer the phone whenever a friend asks me, Hey, can you talk at three o'clock in the morning? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I've got to do all those things. And, and, uh, and, and I don't want to fall into the trap that I'm getting enough from any one of those things singularly. They, they've all got to work together and I can't let it just be about, uh, 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 Zoom meetings, and I think a lot of people are feeling that. I think a lot of people are, are are getting just enough from those meetings, but I don't think it's it's sustainable for for a long period of time. I think people people are are, are going to get to a point where where those meetings aren't going to be enough, uh, especially especially like you mentioned for the for the for the newcomers. You know, the, the, I think I think one of the best things about about being a newcomer 
at an AA meeting is the interaction that happens when everybody stands up and starts leaving those rooms, the connections you make with people that, that you're that you're talking to. Oh, hey, you work in a restaurant? Oh, man, I work at a restaurant too, you know? Um, those those little moments uh, uh, are what really shape the, the entirety of, of your recovery, especially your early recovery. Um, and it's scary. It's scary right now, you know? It's it's there's a lot of fear in the people that work in this industry. You know, I don't think at any point in time has this industry in particular been annihilated like it has. And then to 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 be battling or struggling with addiction, to be new in that recovery, and and compound all the fears you have about about you know how you're going to make it work, how it's going to connect and, and, and work together how, how you're going to keep your job and then to lose your job and then have to worry about 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 rent to worry about your car payment worry about about you know when you're going to go back to work worry about you know are you going to stay safe what if you get sick i mean it's enough to make you just say fuck it mm-hmm. you know i'm not gonna lie I, I'll, I'll be 100 percent honest i had a fuck it moment mm-hmm. uh, uh, about about four or five days into this I, I I didn't know if 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 I was going to be able to 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 fit into this to go model this takeout model, you know. I didn't know if 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 I was going to get qualified for unemployment. I didn't know if I was going to make my car payments, and 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 my girlfriend, you know, I I told my girlfriend about some of this. I told my parents about some of this. I talked to some other alcoholics about some of this, and yeah, that made me feel better. But but in the back of my head, I was thinking to myself, what the fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just, I just, just the moment, just, just in that moment where I just sat on the couch that I'm sitting on right now, I just, I said to myself, God, what, does, does it even matter? You know? And, and, and yeah, it, it, it does matter. And I snapped out of it. Yeah. And well, well, I mean, what, that, what would, what would it make it any better? If you just want to boil it yeah. down one thing, would it make it any better? Maybe while you're drinking, oh, that math is going to be. Uh, what when you were off, when you were disconnected, I I went off uh, and said because of technology, and uh, the, the like Facebook and 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 online meetings, we do have these resources. That's what we have to deal with. That's all we have. Maybe yes, you're right. You can't. It's harder to be accountable when you're on an online meeting because you can't. Mm-hmm. You know. You can just wake up. You could look. You could, you know, you could be hungover. I mean, but why would you waste your time going to a meeting, a Zoom meeting, and and you know, trying to fake out people you never met before? You know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, mean I stopped I can, when I was drinking. That, 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 that's a different. Was, that's a different type of person altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was when I when I went back out drinking, it's because I stopped going to meetings, and um, that's. What I that's what I need to do, and everyone needs to do what is best for me. And I think your ser- mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, industry and recovery serves that purpose because I've seen uh, some guy come in uh, post uh, just the other day. He said, "I need someone to talk to." People talking about their uh, having one day sober. Uh, that you know, we really only have the, you know the 24 hours, but um, I think that. You, um, your group is 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 very good for um, providing a place for people to go, a resource, and uh, I, I'm grateful that we have that there, and I'm grateful you came on the show. Um, so I'm uh, I, I just I was I was on your site and I just thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this one up, and <laughs> after we're off the air, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to tell people. If you are, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to mention that. <laughs> I'm going to mention my new sponsor. <laughs> I won't. It'd be kind of ridiculous. No, you know one of the one of the great things about, uh, and and another reason, and just just, yeah. just there's so many layers to why I, I I put industry and recovery together. So, the the when I first got into the program, I I 
uh, I was like I said, I was bartending, I was tending bar, I was uh, I was working working around people that I that I'd always worked around. I don't know if they took me seriously in my sobriety. Mm-hmm. They knew that I was going through a court case, whatever. They knew that I was on probation. I don't know if they thought it was going to stick or not. That that. I, I, I didn't really dive too much into it, but I went to my meetings and I kept going to my meetings and I kept doing all the stuff for probation and three, three or so months went by and all I was doing was just going to my meetings and, and it was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually that, that sort of pink cloud that we talk about that you're floating on, Oh, my life is going to change. Everything's going to be fantastic. I'm sober. I'm, I'm 10 days sober. I'm, I'm the, the world is my freaking oyster. I'm just, you know, the, the, it, that, that sort of enthusiasm, Enthusiasm started to fade, mm-hmm. and and I would go home from my meetings, and and I would feel that loneliness that I talked about. You know, um, my house felt really alien to me. You know, walking in felt really, really weird. You know, everything just just felt like it was so so just out of place. I just felt really out of place in my own life a lot. And um, and one day after a particularly bitter and 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 self indulgent share. Um, this, this this gentleman um, who who happens to be a good friend in recovery now, um, as we're walking out the, the, the doors of the room, he just kind of puts his arm around me and he goes, you need someone to be accountable to. And he just walks off. I knew what he meant. Mm-hmm. I knew what he meant because I'd heard it before. It was, a, it was a reference to me getting a sponsor. But he did that and he kind of patted me on the chest and he just walked off. And... And I knew what he meant, and it was time. And my first sponsor, I found him. Uh, I, I saw him at a, at a speaker meeting one Wednesday morning, and and he was a waiter. And he worked with me for for a year, and he got me to work the steps. And yeah, I mean, I I, I was in a better place for it. And, and for whatever reason, uh, my life took a dip. Um, I I wasn't going to meetings. I wasn't calling him back I was ignoring him I I, I I was on the verge I was on a real real verge of 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 just saying fuck it and going back out <clears throat> um, and I found another sponsor which is a sponsor I have I've had for the last five years and um, he's a DJ he's a really popular DJ he 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 flies uh, across the country to, 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 to play around at different venues and stuff like that and he's in the industry and he relates a lot to, to my experiences and I relate a lot to his. And and I'm not saying that you can only, you know, connect with, with people that go through the exact same experiences as you. What I'm saying is that, you know, if you look for someone to just get you through the steps, you're going to find that you have way more in common with them than you realize. And you're going to find that you have way more in common with the people that are in those rooms that you realize. And that loneliness is going to change to peace. And that feeling of being out of sorts is going to change to normalcy. And that feeling that you have to drink because you have anxiety or that feeling to drink because, you know, you've had a rough shift or that feeling to drink because you're tired or that feeling to drink because you're, you know, uh, pissed off at your boss or because you got fired is going to become a feeling of strength because I can get through it without drinking. You're going to flip all of those scenarios around. You're going to flip your, your entire train of thinking. And that's what you need because if you're doing the same things over and over and you expect different results, it, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, it's just not. You know, I, I, in the same breath that, that I'm open and, and and honest and 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 accepting of my friends and their paths, I'm also I'm also pretty vocal to the people who come to me two or three times asking me about sobriety, and I'm and I'm confronted with 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 a decision to either you know keep keep kind of nudging them or just take. Take, take take a line in the sand approach. And sometimes I do. I'll be like, look, I've told you what it works. If you want to keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting the same results. And and that's some that's that's had an effect on some people. And some people just have a lot farther down to go. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. You know, um, because because you know some some of some of the, the some of the best sobriety requires some of the hardest hit bottoms. Um, it's just the way we are, you know. Yes. I think you know that. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, I I agree with you, and I want to thank you again for coming on here. 
Alfonso. We're going to. Oh, uh, thank you. Um, I, I look forward to dealing with you in the future in a sober way. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. This was a lot of fun, man. This was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you. And, and thank you for, for, uh, for, uh, um, you know, having me on and, and giving me the chance to just uh, touch a few more, uh, a few more yeah. people. Well, and, if you uh, listen to the to episode, you, you're going to hear me wax for about two minutes while you, I'm not realizing that you are, you are even on the phone at that time because <laughs> I go, Alfonso, Alfonso, <laughs> and because name normally we're we're a little more lighthearted than this, but since uh, you know what, I I figure I give this one up for uh, my sobriety, so. Uh, and I do mention it all the time, uh, but it, I try not to, you know, the whole show isn't a, about this, but that, you know, we do, every so often we should do a show like that. And I'd like to thank you. Awesome, all the work Thank you, you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for your sobriety. Right on. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, this has been the Keys Bartender. It's a little over an hour, but... Uh, if you are looking to get sober and um, you need some help, then you can reach out to um, any of the online groups at AA. It's a really tough time. If um, and, and as you heard uh, both Alfonso and I said, uh, we don't believe everyone uh, is in need of Alcoholics Anonymous, but only you do. Uh, you will know if you need it. So if you do, uh, just uh, go online. And there's plenty of online meetings, and there's a lot of material out there for you. So for now, uh, take care. And uh, I'm not going to talk about my sponsor right now since uh, it's, it is a wine company. But if you do um, want to support us and you're not an alcoholic, go to our <laughs> website. And on the uh, www.keysbartender.com, and under sponsors, there's a link to uh, Elisa My Wine. I know it sounds a little crass and funny and stuff like that, but I am a bartender, and I realize that most people don't have a problem. But for now, I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and take care, and God bless.